0: Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies?
2: You get Our Way, a brand new show from iHeart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This
1: is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way.
2: Listen to Our Way on
3: the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Well, President Biden and Xi Jinping did meet, President Biden said real progress was being made. The two leaders hoped to repair relations strained by economic competition and military issues. Bloomberg's Tom Orlick says this would be beneficial to both the U.S. and China. The U.S. has got a war in Ukraine, war in the Middle East. They really don't need things blowing up with China at the same time. And Xi Jinping, well, he's wrestling with um, a monumental uh, crisis in the real estate sector, which is hammering growth, hammering wealth for China's middle class. Um, And there's growing concern in Beijing um, that the investment just isn't coming in anymore. Um, So for both sides right now, the incentive is... Uh, to uh, bring a bit of stability to the relationship. Bloomberg's Tom Orlick. We're expecting a solo news conference from President Biden at the APEC summit. That will be happening at 7.15 p.m. Wall Street time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well,
3: today uh, in Washington, D.C., China's embassy slammed a report to the U.S. Congress. It said that U.S.-China relations were not getting better. We have more from Bloomberg's Yvonne Mann.
1: China denounced what was a critical report by the U.S.-China Economic and Security Review Commission. The commission's annual report to Congress struck a downbeat tone, just as Presidents Joe Biden and Xi Jinping were set to meet this week. Chinese embassy spokesman Liu Pengyu accused the commission of entrenched bias. The commission said China has shown an increased willingness to engage with the U.S., but has said there's little evidence that Beijing intends to make concessions or modify its policies to improve relations. The Chinese embassy spokesman said the commission's comments were irresponsible. In Hong Kong, I'm Yvonne Mann, Bloomberg Radio. China's tech companies, Tencent and JD.com, both reported earnings that beat estimates. We get more from Bloomberg's Joanne Wong in Taipei.
4: Tencent saw a gain of 10% in revenue after video advertising on WeChat propelled growth. Third quarter revenue was $21.4 billion. That's a sign that Chinese consumers are turning to social media or in games, despite a nationwide downturn. Meanwhile, JD.com posted a 1.7% rise in quarterly revenue. That's after heavy promotional spending. Revenue came in at $34.2 billion, just beating the estimate of $34 billion. Net income rose 33%. Both stocks jumped in U.S. trading on Wednesday. In Taipei, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Radio.
3: Well, after the bell here in the U.S., we heard from Cisco Systems. This company is the largest manufacturer of computer networking equipment, and Cisco gave a troubling sales forecast. We have more from Bloomberg's Tom Busby. Despite posting strong results for the just-completed first quarter,
0: revenue up 8% to $14.7 billion, earnings of $1.11 a share, it's Cisco's outlook that was the big news. The computer networking hardware giant gave a disappointing forecast, well short of analyst estimates, reflected in an expected pullback in businesses reining in their spending on technology. Sales now forecast to be between $12.6 and $12.8 billion, well shy of the $14.2 billion that
3: analysts estimated. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Radio. And Brian, right now I'm looking at shares in Cisco down more than 11% in the late U.S. session.
1: We hear that SpaceX is discussing an initial public offering for its fast-growing Starlink satellite business as soon as late 2024. No final decisions have been made. But SpaceX reportedly has been moving the satellite unit's assets to a wholly-owned subsidiary that would ultimately be spun off in the IPO. More from Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow.
2: The idea of Starlink being spun off is something that Elon Musk and Gwyn Shotwell, who's the president of SpaceX, have discussed in the past. What's changed is just that the business has such momentum. We reported a couple of weeks ago that next year Starlink revenues could be above $10 billion, meaning the majority of revenues overall from SpaceX um, alongside the launch business.
1: That's Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow. Following Bloomberg's report, Musk called it false in a post on X, the social media platform he owns. He did not elaborate. Separately, SpaceX received approval for the second launch of its groundbreaking Starship rocket. It ends an almost seven-month hiatus, and it inches Elon Musk closer to his goal of sending humans to the moon and beyond. Now it's time for global news. President Biden says he's making real progress in discussions with Xi Jinping. They finished up their face-to-face meeting on the sidelines of APEC. Ed Baxter has the story and the rest of the news from the 960 newsroom in San Francisco. Ed. Yeah,
5: that's right, Brian. On both sides saying communication on economic and military issues and a thaw in the cold relationship. Biden says real progress. There's no substitute to face-to-face discussions. I've always found our discussions straightforward and frank, and I've always appreciated them. And the White House has issued a statement saying that the president is very pleased with the meeting, saying he feels great progress was made. Earlier in the day, the White House said that Biden would make it very clear that the U.S. was not pushing for Taiwan independence. We should hear more about that in the next hours. So realistically, though, Dominic Chu, senior analyst at the Eurasia Group, says anything coming out of this will not be earth-shaking.
3: Both countries will step up on restoring military, military dialogue, restoring people-to-people contacts, student exchanges, tourism, flights. Uh, there might also be corporate deals emerging, but these agreements are small in scale It will not fundamentally alter the decline in relations."
5: But Bloomberg's Anne-Marie Hordern at APEX says it is important.
4: "...I think the fact that these two individuals, the leaders of the biggest economies, two biggest economies in the world, are sitting down, shows that they do want a different path forward, that both want to be able to manage this relationship and get something out of this relationship. For Xi Jinping, we know that he was pressing uh, economic issues when it comes to the sanctions and terrorist regimes that are placed on Beijing from the United States. We do know that's something the U.S. does not want to meddle with at the moment.
5: News conference scheduled for next hour. We should know more. Pressure on China has not eased coming from U.S. law enforcement. Meanwhile, FBI Director Christopher Ray telling a House committee today China's heavily involved in the fentanyl trade in the United States.
3: We've got easily 2,000 active investigations across all 56 field offices into China's relentless efforts to steal our innovation and intellectual property. And over the past two years alone, we've seized enough fentanyl to kill 270 million Americans. That's more than
1: 80% of all Americans.
5: Now, United Nations, specific Middle Eastern countries, including Jordan and Turkey, have strongly condemned Israel's raid on al-Shifa hospital. But Israel says its army has found weapons at the hospital, weapons as well as used by military equipment that says shows that Hamas was used, uh, some kind of command center. But with the U.N. global reaction and becoming a bit frustrated as all of this drags on, Bloomberg's uh, security correspondent, Nick Wadhams,
1: here. What we understand is that the administration is growing more and more frustrated with the way that in Israel is conducting that campaign, and also a feeling, particularly in the Pentagon, that Israel is not heeding the advice of the U.S. We should say, at the same time, the U.S. is continuing to supply Israel with munitions, armaments, uh, all sorts of military equipment, including um uh, 155 millimeter artillery shells
5: which humanitarian groups say are a problem because they're harder to control and be precise and uh, in the u.s the government funding bill is being hashed out in the senate uh, senate majority leader chuck schumer says he is working with a uh, minority leader mitch mcconnell and in fact there uh, our, our sources are telling us there's a good chance that there could be a vote tonight. Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg.
0: The Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time
1: I'm Brian Curtis with Vonnie Quinn. And joining us on the show live is Max Baucus, former U.S. ambassador to China for a closer look at the uh, meetings between Joe Biden and Xi Jinping. Ambassador, sometimes you you get a lot summed up in a line. uh, And in Xi's opening remarks, he said a lot of generic things, but he also said that it's unrealistic for one side to remodel the other. And I think we know what he's talking about because China not really trying to remodel the U.S. But he's charging the U.S. with trying to remodel China. And in a sense, he's trying to say, look, we're a communist country. We're not you.
2: I think that's um, that's right. Um, they, the Chinese believe that we are trying to impose our will on them. That is, the Chinese think we do not sufficiently respect China as another major power, the second largest power in the world. it's In fact, China believes that the United States is trying to stop China's rise. When I talk to Chinese, I say, do you think uh, the United States is trying to stop your rise? And oh, my gosh, they've about to take my head off. Of course, the United <laughs> States is trying to stop our rise. So it's, it's there's a lot of tension there.
4: Yeah. She said the world emerged from COVID, but the global economy is still under threats and also COVID's tremendous impact. How much is that weighing on him, Ambassador?
2: Ah, uh, quite a bit. Frankly, it's a combination of COVID. The Chinese think they did a good job with COVID when it first arose, by shutting down um, a lot of operations. But it turned out the virus mutated, made things much worse, and then it's so bad, frankly, that um, there's really deep unrest among the Chinese friends I talked to in, in Shanghai. And so we opened up. Um, so COVID was a huge part of the problem. On the other hand. Um because of COVID, a lot of Chinese were not working, so they did not have uh, income to save. And so when COVID was lifted, they didn't have money to spend. And add to that, the Chinese government is a bit repressive on private sector. And I talked to my Chinese friends over there. I said, do you think that um, the, um, the private sector is being too suppressed? And the answer I get is, yeah, pretty much. It's going to last that way, but we can still do business.
1: Ambassador, we, we understand uh, that there is progress being made, and, and we know from the setup that uh, we're, we're looking for the possibility of a resumption of military-to-military talks, uh, a line of communication, and also this possible uh, deal on Chinese law enforcement cracking down on, on the product that makes fentanyl being shipped off to Mexico. Uh, th- those, are two, those are two pretty dramatic developments, uh, but is there anything else that you think that we can expect out of this that's quite tangible?
2: Not really, frankly. Um, The mill mill talks are extremely important um, because there could be some untoward events. A couple of ships bump each other. And if there's some line of communication, then one or the other could call the other and say and explain that that was just an accident that's not a first shot of any kind of military aggression so that's very important Fentanyl is, i think extremely important for me that's that's a that's a that's a huge possibility that's for example us congress right now is very strongly bipartisan is just like in china us congress is also very bipartisan in attempt to stop fentanyl. i mean it's a it's a big opportunity for China to show some good faith, crack down on those precursors that are being sent over to Mexico. It's going to be a little little bit complicated, but frankly, it's a huge opportunity for China to to show some good faith in trying to help the United States to deal with that scourge.
1: Could could, could I just Uh, ask a follow on that? Uh, Because it's the cartels that are heavily involved in that in Mexico, would they be able to get the product, uh, the component elsewhere?
2: Well, I think not nearly as much. Of course, this is APEC, which means Mexico is there too, so uh, the administration can talk to Mexico and say, "Hey, why don't you help out by shutting down cartels?" China, we think, it's going to do its part. It's complicated, but frankly, the major supplier of the precursors is uh, is China. Now, big pharma's got to be helpful here too because a lot of wonderful drugs that made by American pharmaceutical countries, those precursors are also in China. So it's a bit difficult to separate the wheat from the chaff, but I think it's a huge opportunity for China to show some good faith toward America by actually seriously cracking down on fentanyl.
4: Ambassador John Kirby earlier told reporters that President Biden will make clear that the U.S. doesn't support Taiwan independence and that the U.S. doesn't want the status quo changed in any kind of unilateral way. Will he say all that directly to President Xi, and will Xi agree?
2: He'll say that directly, but President Xi will, will, he won't will show up, but he'll roll his eyeballs. He really won't believe it. You know, Chinese think that we say we adhere to the one-China policy, but the Chinese also think we don't follow the one-China policy. That is, we keep shipping more arms to Taiwan. We build up the military in the area and the Congress is not helping that much. So um, uh, It's 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 a real issue. I don't think Americans fully understand that the Taiwan is existential to China. It's non-negotiable. You know, Chinese, that's part of China in their view. And I think the more the United States could tempt fate by uh, sending too many arms over, the more it's going to cause more problems for Xi Jinping and the hawks in China, and it's going to just make the tripwire a little bit more sensitive. So I, I just think it's, Very important for our countries to be careful. And we should maintain the status quo in Taiwan as much as possible.
1: You have to stay away from independence in the language. Uh, Self-determination is a separate issue and that the issue should be resolved by the Chinese and Taiwan people. Um, As long as you stick with that, you're probably safe with China.
2: That's correct. And as a new development, um, the opposition parties have reached an agreement which, which strengthens him. So it's very possible that, the, the, uh, that the, in the elections coming up the first of next year, that the victor is going to be a, a, a political party, which is a little more aligned toward China. And frankly, that will reduce some of the tension. On the other hand, if the current party of Xi UN prevails, that's going to tend to add to more tension in Taiwan, because she's inching very closely to the independence. She won't cross the line. She gets close.
4: Hmm. Ambassador, we also know that various CEOs will be meeting with President Xi. Pfizer's CEO has confirmed this to Bloomberg. And we have also sources telling us everybody from the Microsoft CEO to Elon Musk will be there. Obviously, there are areas of discontent, tariffs, computer chips, economic coercion and so on. But negative sentiment is plaguing China. Can President Xi do something to change this at this meeting?
2: He'll, 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 he'll certainly try. Um, there are about 300, 400 businessmen at that dinner tonight. Um, and frankly, he wanted to meet with the businessmen before he met with President Biden the White House. He said, no, 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 no. You meet with our president first before you have that dinner. <laughs> at yeah. that dinner, he's going to really try. And he's going to say lots of nice sweet words. And this American businessman will really want to leave it they possibly can because it's such a huge market, China. And uh, I think that there's a good chance with all the good talk around this summit, you know, that dinner, that there's going to be a little more effort by U.S. businessmen to think maybe but conducting more business in China after all.
1: Ambassador, in one sense, has the horse already bolted the stable? Has the mindset changed by a lot of big business that there are some things more important than profit And they're now looking beyond China to places like India and Indonesia and Southeast Asia and such.
2: Well, you know, everything is complicated. American business is starting to hedge its bets a little bit. The big enchilada still is China. It's much more than India, Thailand, Vietnam. So they're going to to hedge their bets a little bit and set up some plants in those other countries. But they're going to look as much as possible as they can in China. Um, And add to that, um, you know, American business is also going into China to produce for China, that is, for Chinese consumers. A lot of American business is also going into China to kind of piggyback on China's efforts to do business in other Southeast Asian countries. There are lots of opportunities there. Essentially, American business is starting to hedge its bets a little bit, but don't forget— this is it depends on the sector. High tech doesn't do too well in China, but retail is very well in China. Pharmaceutical industry is very well in China. Energy industry is very well in China. So it, it just depends on the sector.
1: Ambassador, thank you so much for joining us. Love the style. Love the blunt talk. Making sense uh, right here live on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. We appreciate it. Max Baucus, the former U.S. ambassador to China, again, serving from 2014 to 2017. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast
3: feed every day on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcast.
1: You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington. Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco.
3: Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130.
1: Plus, listen coast-to-coast on the Bloomberg Business app, SiriusXM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug
3: Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies?